You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. We've loosely discussed people pleasing, but this week we discuss how to break free from that terrible habit of people pleasing. So Carly. Hello. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good today. How are you? Uh, I'm feeling real good. So we are down two weeks, I think, for the new year as of now. Uh-huh. Um, thus far, oh, feeling sure. good. Uh, things going well. Um, yeah, I don't have any complaints. So, And I feel like it's starting to get nicer outside a little bit. So just like in general, you know, I've been a little bit more kind of active, um, so, like, across all fronts, it feels kind of like, you know, just been kind of chill. I'm about to say, yeah, you've been dressing real cute, too. So, if y'all not watching the episodes, man, at least cause... click on it to come look at Lexi. <laughs> no, but you know what? So, I was like, man, I got to, like, if I'm always at somebody else's house all the time, it's like, you just kind of be bummed out. Because, I mean, like, throwing their pants on or I'm just whatever. Um, so, I'm trying to, like, make sure, like, I need to spend more time in my house. Because, you know, that just helps you keep the balance of, I actually did everything I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Didn't hop on the Zoom meeting looking crazy. <laughs> Um, you know, I like the sun and fresh air in my spot. And I was just like, all right, I just need to, you know, you need to look nice. So you remember, like, you feel nice and all the things. Um, so, yeah. And then today was the first day in a long time. Like, I looked in the mirror because I was getting ready for the podcast. And I usually put, like, a just a light kind of foundation or something on, you know, just to kind of even it out. And I was like, oh, shoot, my skin looked real even today. So hey. I was like, oh, I don't need to do that because I like, you know, seeing my freckles pop a little bit sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think just being outside a little more and, you know, just been feeling good lately. So got to look the part. Yeah. And you were talking about last year. Um, I remember we discussed a lot about, you know, embracing our feminine and dressing how Mm -hmm. we feel and like, you know, really taking care of ourselves on the outside too. So I like Mm -hmm. it. I'm with it. Yeah. Basically, um, I hit D Lolo. I was like, yeah, I need you to come through and like, we need to box up a lot of these clothes and stuff in my, um, closet already. Cause I feel like every time. Um, I kind of do a, like a little shopping and make sure I get like, here's some few new outfits for the season. I literally like just wear that. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, all right, those are it's time to get those out of here now. So um, I just started working out again three times a week, too. So I'm going to get about two more weeks in and then I need to kind of just get some more stuff, too, because I don't know. I don't know if you ever feel like this, but lately I've looked at my closet and it's like, what is in here? <laughs> Man, besides big ass like shirts. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Doc, I retweeted today. It was like, yeah, so I'm going to donate some clothes. But first, I'm going to drive around for a year and keep them in my trunk. Right. And I was oh, like, man, I, yeah, I have some. <laughs> I, got so, I got two trash yeah. bags in my trunk. I got some stuff in my trunk, too. <laughs> um, there's a place downtown L.A. Um, that my friend Will Medley told me he knows the person who works there. And I forgot. I got to figure out where it is. But he said, like, they actually work with the people and, like, give them the clothes and stuff. Aww. So I need to, like, drop stuff off because it's definitely uh, visiting in my car, too. Man, let me know, and then that can be our shout-out on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, but today, I think people-pleasing is a good topic because, again, you know, we mentioned it. Um, I think we've talked about it mostly in the in the form of, like, recognizing where we've been people-pleasers or how that's a factor in other things or why you do things a certain way. Um, so this week, I was about to say this year, this week um, – we're going to focus on that topic specifically, call out some ways you may be able to identify where you're a people pleaser or if you're one in general. Um, and then what's some ways to kind of get out of that habit? 
Yeah, man. It was heavy on my heart because um, I was listening to Will Smith's audiobook, which, by the way, 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. And he does all of the voices, so it's mm-hmm. great. But um, at the end, it culminates pretty much in his journey of finding himself and how he recognized his whole life he had spent trying to make other people happy, trying to regulate their emotions, trying to do things to make them proud. And, you know, it wasn't until he really found his self-worth that he felt good. Um, and that's not giving anything away. Trust me. There's a lot in there. Mm-hmm. But then I was reading another book completely unrelated called The Mountain Is You by Brianna Weiss. And she hit on people pleasing today. So I was like, man, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things uh the thread throughout both was just reminding us like you really can't be all things to all people. And so often we try to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I noticed that I have some of those tendencies. And so as we go through, um, there's like a checklist, think about it and be honest with yourself. You ain't got to tell nobody. Mm -hmm. Um, and just really see where you might be putting yourself on the back burner for other people. When it comes to people pleasing, I see wanting to be all things to all people as a way that, You know, that could be a mindset that kind of uh, feeds into that. But there's also, I think, something else, because I don't think I identify with that as much as a need for control. I think sometimes people pleasing can be as a means to control your environment. I don't want it to be as much conflict or it can control like I want this person to think this or to treat me a certain way. So I'm doing this. Um, in a meeting, all I'm saying, yes, because I want them to think I'm a hard worker or whatever. Mm. But, like, more so, like, you're trying to control an environment and control things. Um, that's definitely, I think, kind of where I would come from it more. But just thought about that, too, as far as, like, you know, some of the mindsets that go into is quite a few different things, probably. Yeah, and that's, I think control is a big one. And it's interesting, as I was thinking about this, I didn't even, like, really, you know, delve into that too much. So as we go through, make sure mm-hmm. add some input on that side. Yeah, I just think, like, it's easy for the first thing to think of sometimes to being um, like, oh, I don't, maybe I don't believe in my worth as much or, you know, certain things like that. Like people pleasing is because I'm going with the flow or like I'm doing what you want me to do. But I think there's another thing where like, if you look at it as a mechanism um, or coping, coping mechanism or defense kind of thing, like Mm -hmm. it's from that angle as well. Ooh. Um, So how would you even defend people pleasing then in general? Define, um, I would define people pleasing like Merriam-Webster because I looked it up and it is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but this is what the dictionary said. In my head, it's like people pleasing is like doing anything to make other people happy. But the Uh technical definition is a person who has an emotional need to Mm. please others, often at the expense of his or her or their own needs or desires. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, hmm, okay. Interesting, Mm -hmm. like an emotional need to, like, Mm -hmm. do that for people. Yeah, so back to kind of what we're saying, I guess, to fill whatever void, but you need to fill that with something, and maybe it comes um, by pleasing others. So we have 12 signs that you are a people pleaser. Um, We'll go through them. We can maybe expand a little bit on each one. But also I want you, as you're listening, um, to count on your hands or write down or whatever, um, how many of them you feel are true for you. Um, and at the end, Carly and I will do that too and let you know like how many seem like they would be true for us. Do you have to have all of them to be a, a people pleaser or? I don't think so, but I think if you notice a pattern or if you notice like a majority or if you're just heavy on one, like maybe that's an area mm-hmm. where you do people please and you're like, oh, I can kind of 
um, pull back on that and, you know, respect my own needs and wants. I think that's kind of what it boils down to. And we'll go through some ways to get over it, too. But as you're listening, just notice where you feel a little tug at your heart whenever mm-hmm. you hear these things. Yeah, the goal of today's episode isn't to be like, you're a people pleaser, because I think we all have those tendencies mm-hmm. for whatever reason and in whatever way. Um, but with these kind of signs, it kind of gives you specific scenarios, kind of to Carly's point where you can identify like certain areas you may be more prone to be a people pleaser or not speak up for yourself in those areas because I noticed like the term people pleaser has a negative stigma in my head and I'll be like mm-hmm. I ain't no people pleaser but then I read some of these and I'm like damn maybe I am right um <laughs> okay so the first sign that you are a people pleaser is that you pretend to agree with everyone mm-hmm. like you have your own opinion but you know to keep the peace to do whatever you just like yep mm-hmm, like I agree or yeah that's my opinion too man that movie was great even though you thought it sucked mm-hmm. Or whatever's going on. Or like on. in a meeting where they're like, oh, so Carly, do you think that's a good plan? Like, sure. <laughs> it's a great idea, Bob. <laughs> Number two, you feel responsible for how other people feel. Um, and by that, it's when we kind of like are over-responsible and make it our job where if you, oh man, he seems like he's kind of upset with me. Like, maybe I should ask him, let's go to dinner or let's go do something. Or you want to try to control and make them feel better um, in a situation as if that's your job. Ooh, yeah, I noticed that. Anytime you're trying to regulate anybody else's emotions, not your job. It's like mm-hmm. not my not my circus, not my monkeys, not my job. Keep it <laughs> moving. Um another one is you apologize too often. Like you are over responsible, like Lexi said in the last one, but even to the point where you apologize for things, like even when you weren't in the wrong or um I've noticed like just a lot of my own verbiage, like, oh, man, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And it's like, if you say sorry a lot of times throughout the day, that's probably something to start monitoring. Mm-hmm. Another one is feeling burdened by the things you have to do. Um, so by that, that could be a sign that you have overcommitted. So, oh, yeah, I could do that, Carly. Yeah, I could do that to this person. Yeah, client, I could do that. And at the end of the day, you're like, damn, I have so much work. You feel mad. You feel upset. Like, Why do I have so much on my plate? And then you kind of stress through it, maybe even kind of look at that as like a moral badge or something. But if you're overburdened or if you feel some kind of way about your workload, it may be that you're allowing yourself to take on too much. Man, um, and you've talked about this before, but even like doing stuff without people asking and then kind of like being stressed out about that too. Mm. So even further, it's like, or being oh, mad they don't respond. Yeah, it's like they way. come home with like, I cleaned your whole apartment. I did all these things. It's like, bro, ain't nobody asked you to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you feel some type of way about it. I'm just talking to myself here. Right, um. yeah, that's, that's a real one. <laughs> I stop myself all the time now. Like, I used to do that, which I don't think there's anything bad. Sorry about this aside. I don't think there's nothing bad. Like, if you're, you know, hanging out with somebody, they cooked, and then you, kind of, you know, you'd, like, start cleaning up. You want to keep things straight. But then after a while, when it's like, oh, this is just your go-to, it's, like, it's just messy. It's like, I'll find myself, like, ah, I kind of want, nah, like, I'm not going to clean this because it's not my shit, like. And then I'll say, like, hey, you probably need to keep your house cleaner because I don't appreciate this. I feel offended personally. <laughs> um, whereas I used to be like, oh, let me just start sweeping and cleaning and doing stuff. Um, and sometimes that's okay. But, yeah, like, that's not your responsibility. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, another one is whenever you feel uncomfortable um, with people who are upset with you or if someone is angry with you, Ugh, which yeah. is, like, normal to, like, be, you know, it's, if things aren't okay, it's normal to be upset, but... Like whenever you notice you start compromising your values or just not saying things because you don't want them to get upset. So you're stifling your own needs and your own wants or just whenever it like I would say when it almost derails your whole day or messes up your mood whenever, you know, you have a disagreement with someone because it's natural to not always get along or to have someone be upset with you like it's life. So things happen. 
Yeah, I hate conflict, but I, I don't compromise because they're mad. I just be quiet as hell. Like, I just will stonewall or, like, not say a thing because I don't want it to turn into something. But I don't, like, I don't know. Just let people have it. That's that's just when you're at the very end of the argument, like, you got it, bro. Okay. <laughs> um, Next, you conform or act like people around you. Oh, man. Yeah, I've seen this often. I um, There's something that really bothers me when people, when I see people do it. Um, just because I'm such an individual, I don't like it feeling like mm-hmm. everything I say or do, like somebody else is doing the same. Um, but if you feel like you are around certain groups and you act different around them based off of how they look, what, how they talk, what they like, um, and you're changing according to who you're with, that's probably a big sign that you are people pleasing, trying to fit in in a certain group. Yeah, and then even, like, relating it back to your goals. So maybe you're not, like, acting all different and trying to be an artist whenever you're – that's not really your thing. But maybe it's like, you know, oh, I know I'm not drinking right now. Hey, you want to go to the bar? Yeah, I'll go to the bar. You want to drink? Sure, I'll take a drink. Even though you know damn well that that is not what your goal is. Um, So also thinking about it like that behavior-wise. Another one is, that's really important is that you need praise and affirmation from other people to feel good about yourself or to feel good about a project. Like, you don't think it's a hit until somebody's like, yeah, you got you. One. Like you really gotta have your own validation before you need other people's. Hmm. I'll, so just the, the the words you need praise to feel good. Yeah, that's for sure true for me. But I don't think it's because I don't. But I just I have to hear that from other people too. Um, you can't say no is another one that's pretty straightforward. Uh, people ask you to do things like we said earlier, and you're just like, yeah, I could do it. Or um, people ask you how, if you agree with something, how you feel about something, and you're just like. Sure. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, even if you say yes, because you don't want to say no, but then you like lie like, oh, man, my, my mom's cat died. And, you know, I have to do whatever to get out of stuff. So if you notice you're doing that, you're probably just saying yes to people, please somebody or to like not have them upset with you. Um, another one is you will try to avoid conflict at all costs. So if that is, you know, not stating your needs, if that is just agreeing to something you don't really agree with, whatever it is. But if you're unable to, you know, have a constructive conversation with somebody where you disagree, that's a sign that you're people pleasing. Number 10, you don't admit when your feelings are hurt. And the fuck? <laughs> Damn, don't worry about it. Um, so that can that can show that that kind of goes with the conflict, like avoiding conflict, not being able to tell people when your feelings are hurt. Um, it also blocks intimacy, blocks your authenticness, blocks you like actually getting your feelings out, honoring yourself, all those things, which becomes a form of people-pleasing when – you're letting somebody, I don't know if it's, I should say letting somebody hurt you, but you feel hurt and you have not expressed that to another person so that some kind of behavior can be different and or that a conversation can ensue. Yeah, and I think that that's not even fair, like, to the other person. You know, if they don't ever know that they're hurting your feelings or upsetting you. Man, they see what time it is. But sometimes, okay. <laughs> sometimes, but I think um, for myself, I think sometimes I can be sometimes good at like hiding emotions like when I am upset or disappointed or whatever and I used to not say anything or you feel ashamed about yeah, it man like, for feeling some kind of way <laughs> she not talking about me though but she is okay um another one is you worry so much what other people are thinking like you become preoccupied with other people's thoughts towards you and feelings of you um and then number 12 you neglect you and your own needs for other people so you had a project or you had something you had to do, but your friend calls you and is like, hey, we're about to go out here. You trying to go? And you're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'll go. Um, and we've all had, probably had 
um, those types of folks in our lives where it's like you kind of let them drive you and you're kind of become a passenger and, you know, you let your life kind of backseat to them. Um, so that's definitely an obvious sign of people pleasing. So if you count through those one through 12, how many did you all have put those in the comments of the show, um, on YouTube or on the site or send us a message, whatever. Um, Carly, how many would you say are, are pretty true from you? And like, by that, it's like never sometimes pretty often, like which of those are kind of uh, like your yo, six are pretty often for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, six are pretty often seven. Sometimes the eighth one is only with one person. Um, you know, the special person. Um, but yeah, so I would say six solid, solid mm-hmm. six. Yeah, mine was a, like a solid six as well. And I could tell it was in a certain space, right? Anything where it's like, you can't say no, or you're afraid of what other people like think like, no, nah, not really. Um, but a lot of these around conflict, um, and kind of like being more open about what you want, how you feel, those things would probably apply to me more so. And so now that we, you know, have kind of assessed ourselves and like where we might be people pleasing, why is people pleasing such an issue? Like, it sounds nice if you're making people happy. Like, what's what's the issue? Why is it so insidious? Um, Well, the first thing that I would think is that it kind of tears at your own confidence and your self-esteem. If you are a person who is consistently not listening to yourself and or putting other people before yourself, you know, what can that possibly say about what you believe about your worth or what you believe about yourself. Um, it just, I don't even think that that can coexist with being like, Oh yeah, I love myself. I feel great and confident while also not being able to, you know, speak your truths or, or act in your truths. Absolutely. I think that it can also be a lack of authenticity in the sense that like in your relationships, if you're not sharing like who you really are, how do people ever really get to know you? And if you're not being vulnerable with them, then that's just some weak relationships because it's very superficial. It can be very broken. If you're so scared that it's going to fall apart, if y'all ever argue that you never argue, it's like, are you even having a real relationship? And so that authenticity leads to just a lot of superficial fake relationships. Mm-hmm. And it can lead to a lot of anger and frustration as well, mostly brought upon yourself because, dang, like I agreed to do all of these things or, man, why am I always cleaning up behind this person? They didn't ask me to or I did everything I could to try to make her like me and she doesn't like so you just end up getting angry and frustrated um, because you're trying to effort your way like through manipulating other people or controlling situations um, or for whatever other reason you might be people pleasing, but it can lead you to be upset because it's almost like you're doing too much and you're doing things that nobody asked you to do. And that leads to a depletion of willpower. So think about if you spend your entire day doing things for other people that they probably ain't ask you to do. At the end of the day, you're going to be angry and frustrated. You haven't done anything for yourself. You're not going to have any time to go work out and do all the things that you need to do for you, which leads to more stress and anxiety. And then at the end, if you continue life like that, it's just like you live your life for everybody else and what they want and need of you. And it's like you never really pay attention to your own self and you're not honoring yourself. And it's so interesting that, you know, we can get to – 30s and even older you know thinking about like will smith and other folks other authors and there it is a common theme like as you get older it's like you still are recognizing these things or recognizing like dang i've lived a lot of my life around you know what other people kind of wanted and it may not be super super direct but there's so many things that have affected us in our lives as we've grown up um that have told us you know to be a certain way or to not let people think look at you a certain way or whatever it might be um and so it's pretty i think common that 
you know, we're still figuring out what our life is for us. And it's an ongoing practice of kind of assessing like what you want, what do you need? Um, and kind of making sure you're com- not comparing that, but like making sure you're kind of checking that list against like, is this really what I think or is this what I feel like I should be doing? Mm-hmm. And I think that's so huge. Like in no way is this like a, Oh y'all suck. Cause you're people pleasing. Cause bro, we just said all of ours, but also we can't beat ourselves up about that either because a lot of these roots, you know, come from our past. Like one of the biggest roots of people pleasing is trauma. Like you grew up in a household with domestic violence or you were, per, you know, parentified, like you had to take care of your caregivers or you were abused or around that. Like, you know, so you had to try to regulate people's emotions. So if originally it was a survival technique and now it's like, that might not be the best way to thrive in your life. And another side I'll say to the growing up part, because I think that is probably the the like 80% piece that shapes it, but it doesn't even have to be like trauma with the big T. Um, because also consider uh, for a lot of folks, it's like until I've been in therapy, I didn't realize like, oh, some of the things that I did miss as a child. And yet I had a great, you know, air quotes, like great family. It wasn't like anything bad going on. But there's also the the ideas of, as a child recognizing like, Oh, I always get praise when I'm Mm -hmm. like bringing home a good report card. Mm -hmm. Um, or I always get praise when I do this or I grew up having a lot of chores. So I knew like, okay, I I should do certain things. And then I feel you know, not like that's the only time you feel love, but I notice where I get recognition. And so let me do these things that give me recognition. So it could be coming from spaces like that. Um, it could be coming from your own kind of self-developed idea that, oh, if I'm not any trouble, if I'm kind of easy to work with, like, you know, I don't want to cause any extra. My parents are working 12 jobs. Um, I just need to be, you know, let me just be chill and quiet. You know, all of those types of things, right? Um, And how can those develop into you as an adult still feeling like, well, let me not, you know, raise my voice about what I actually think here or, um, well, let me be good. So, you know, they don't get mad. So all of those things continue to trickle down even without that big T trauma. And thank you for pointing that out. That's a great insight. And it, uh, makes, it reminds me of the conversation we were talking about, like even racially and like, even as a woman, it's like, you know, societally, the things that black mm-hmm. people and brown people have to be worried about that other people don't, you know, it's like, Oh, you have to be good. You know, oh, you too. have to work twice as hard. Mm-hmm. You have to do all these things to show up. And so it's like, no wonder mm-hmm. we all have the remnants of this in our lives. And no wonder we're kind of dealing mm-hmm. with it every day. Yeah. Cause to that point I was talking to um, a potential new client. He's a big black guy. And, you know, it's like, imagine like when you're at work, you feel like, oh, I have to be extra soft spoken or, you know, you have to portray a certain thing or let me not come across too bossy or as a woman, it's like, oh, now mm-hmm. you a bitch instead mm-hmm. of just like I'm being direct. Um, so that plays a big factor as well, for sure. Just like society um, and kind of the standards and, and the ways that, you know, people may perceive you. Absolutely. Um, Some other roots for people pleasing are insecurity and poor self-esteem. Just that can also stem from little T and big big T trauma and just different life things. But um, looking for that external validation to kind of confirm who you are. And if you don't have that, you feel like you're lacking, like you really just need that. But also we're trained in society, especially in America, to achieve and to always do things. So it's like, yeah, of course that happens. Oh, yeah. And then the last one, um, this one spoke to me because... I want to help people. That's like something that I want to do. And it's like, okay, well, where's the line between altruism where you, you know, are dedicating your life to service and, you know, uplifting other people in communities and people pleasing, like, what is that line? And through my research, um, it's like the motivation is in the right place and it's great to dedicate your life, you know, to others, but it's like the actions 
are dependent on like, are you taking care of yourself also? Are you are you making sure your cup is full and pouring back into the community? Are making are you making sure your needs are met? Do you even know your needs? And are you making sure that they're met while also serving? So it's like, it's like the idea of pouring from an empty cup. Um, is kind of how I thought about it. But I think altruism can also be a root of people pleasing. Mm-hmm. And another part of that too is. Um, Sure, it's great to want to do things for people, but are you really hiding that behind, again, manipulating and control of you really want a certain outcome Mm -hmm. um, from another person or from other people, even like the love from other people, whatever it might be. Um, So I think like really testing that motivation for that outside of making sure like you're not like degrading yourself to try to, you know, be like this barefoot profit for everybody. Oh, yeah. It's like, would you still serve if I actually saw a whole TikTok thread about it? But it was like, you know, would you still serve and do mission trips, which that could be a whole other episode if you couldn't post about it on social media or whatever. It's like, you know, what are what are the reasons you're doing the things that you're doing? Social didn't exist when I was in Eastern Europe. So cool. You know what I'm saying <laughs> when she was hanging out with the king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, just think about those. I'm sure there are many other routes, but those are some of the overarching themes that kind of inspire people pleasing and some of the roots. So now that we identify, um, you know, some spaces in which we people please, why we might have kind of grown up or thought to people please in general from our personal journeys. Um, next is how do you break free from this habit? And I'm calling it a habit because I think it is just kind of like a way of thinking that we've acted on in so many different ways that it kind of does, you know, just become second nature. So, you know, now that you've identified it, you really have to like stay in the mode of like checking yourself day to day. But how do we break free out of people pleasing? Dun, 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 dun. Every single week we talk about everything starts with self. And so mm-hmm. same thing here. Uh, it starts with self-discovery. Because if you've never sat down to figure out what it is that you want, um, what are your own thoughts of a topic? What, how do you feel about this song or this movie or what are you interested in? If you don't really know it, what you like or if you haven't really spent time with yourself, I think it becomes increasingly hard to live a life that, you know, is in alignment with your goals and values if you haven't really ever set with yourself. So starting with yourself, spending time doing things that you like, um, maybe, you know, reading an article and picking a side and thinking about how you feel about something before you talk to somebody else about it, before you mm-hmm. let anything else sway your decision. That's a good thing to actually do, like, especially, let's say, with work stuff or things that have to do with the groups or other people. Um, let's say you got the email about, you know, here's this deck for the meeting later and like literally kind of write down your real thoughts before, before that comes so that now, all right, you don't get swayed in the conversation per se with other people. That's something good to try. Um, next, I think you can break free from people pleasing, which is where you're going. Kind of like the more, you know, yourself, knowing yourself, knowing your goals and knowing your needs. I would, I would uh, put out there specifically. Um, So like in the past, I've mentioned this, I've written down a note of like, what do I need in a relationship? Like, what do I actually really just want? So that you can know like where certain boundaries might be um, with your goals. It's like, okay, if I have a goal of, um, I don't know, wanting X amount of clients or to make X amount of money or whatever, it's like, all right, now you have to reassess your actions and why am I burying myself in like, doing all the busy work for something else or doing the wrong type of work, if that's not going to actually lead to that goal. Um, and it helps you to say no to the right things. If you know what your goals really are, um, to be able to make harder decisions that might be more long-term. Um, and it just allows you to have the right people around you and to, and to do the right things that are going to be in line and aligned with those, uh, needs, goals, and like who you really are. 
Absolutely. And starting small, it's not easy to just change a habit you've been doing for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, and so starting by challenging yourself to say no to something this week. Challenge yourself to express your opinion before everybody else does. Challenge yourself to maybe try to disagree with something if you actually disagree. Don't just be argumentative because the devil does not need an advocate. Mm -hmm. Shut up. But if you actually disagree with somebody, do that. And then maybe, you know, actually stand up for something. Like if, if you are in a meeting, you're like, no, I actually really like this client. And everybody else is like, nah, maybe you say something and go against the grain and just see what it is. But... You know, Fuck y'all, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> don't quit. Don't quit. Well, unless you have a backup plan or you're going to be good. But you know what I'm saying? Don't be like Lexi and Carly. No, because right. we, we're not paying them bills. Mm -hmm. um, but start small and make sure that you fortify yourself along the way. And what I mean by that is like reminding yourself why you're doing it. Like, cause it's inevitably going to be uncomfortable. If you start telling people, no, if they start getting upset with you, if whatever's happening, like we're not used to her speaking up this much in the meetings, we'll get used to it. And, you know, mm -hmm. remind yourself why like now, you know who you are, you're aligned with your goals. You can kind of talk yourself up. Like, look, I deserve, you know, this much time off or I deserve to take this much time for myself and so just talking yourself up as you're starting to build these habits that set great boundaries for you and I'm pretty sure we did an episode on saying no um because mm -hmm. I was about to say like oh that could be something good it's like how do you say no or like how do you um express your opinion or kind of you know what's the I don't want to say appropriate necessarily but like uh not coming across rude right so the thing with me with all of these things, like especially my opinion saying no or whatever, sometimes that just like will then lead to conflict because of the way I might say it or it becomes the way you say it may make it a space where now they feel like they have to be defensive or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so there is still a finesse to like how you can still respect and acknowledge other people um, and express what you believe or need. So keep that in mind as well. I'm writing that down because we definitely um, should do an episode on that. But I think we did do an episode on saying no. We did, um, but it's not the same thing as this. Okay, I think okay. This is different. That was just like the importance of needing to mm -hmm. say no probably. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, because um, even with that, there's like, I would look up like some prompts and things like, all right, what are some better phrases for for like respect, respectfully honoring yourself um, if you and somebody else doesn't see eye to eye per se. Yeah. And, and not saying like no disrespect, but because it's right. always All disrespect, disrespect yeah. that follows that. Um, but I, yeah, I think that that's necessary. Um, actually <laughs> my best friend tweeted the other day, like what's an appropriate way to call somebody dumb in an email. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think you should, but maybe there's a way to, you know, voice your opinion um, in those things. Another way to set yourself free from the shackles of people pleasing is to set clear boundaries. Um, to say, you know, no work emails after five. And shout out to Kiara because she is very hard on that. She will not reply to you until the next day. Um, maybe like no phone calls after 11. Like if you're ded dedicating yourself to a nighttime routine, maybe you shut that hoe off at 10 and just spend time by yourself. Then I would also challenge you to set dates with yourself and do not move them in your schedule. If someone's like, hey, Friday at noon, can you? No. But I can do this day. But make sure you hold your dates just like you would somebody else who's important to you, like an important client or your partner or whoever. Mm -hmm. And by dates, I would um, go so far to allow that to even include, like, if you have a workout set or, mm -hmm. like, whatever. If you look at your week and it's like, oh, I'm doing this or doing that, um, not being like, well, I could skip that. You know, just, like, stick to what you have planned. And I think what's so interesting, right, is that, a lot of times, and especially with women or, or for the men probably who are maybe more anxious attachment style. But one thing that I notice is that, 
you know, we can often like put another person in front of you. And yet a lot of times, like what was attractive to that person was, you know, the person you were and acted like, and you had shit to do and you had friends to hang out with and you had a life and you were doing your work. Um, and not that, oh, now you're just like up under that person all the time, or you've changed around things for that person. Um, so keep that in mind, like always kind of assess, um, I try to do that for time and night, which is why I was like, well, let me get back on my getting ready for the day. Cause it's like, you know, like be the person that they respected and that they admired in the first place. Um, because you have things to do and you have a life like that's very important. That's so important. Um, and I think that's something we all forget, especially when you just fall into the bliss of a new relationship or to whatever. Um, so that's me talking to me, making sure I'm getting back on my ish. Uh, I would also say to assess the situation. Um, so if you're a giver, inevitably, sometimes people are going to try to take advantage of you. And so, you know, give if you want to give. Say yes if you actually do want to help somebody move or if you want to do whatever. But make sure you're assessing the situations. Like, look at the give and take in relationships. If some people only show up to ever ask you to do things or to ever ask for help or to do things, like, make sure you say no and set those boundaries for yourself. But also, if you want to help, we're not saying don't do that, but make sure it's within the bounds of what you feel comfortable with. And also I'm throwing something extra in here alongside of like the saying no. If that is too hard, I would also recommend um, to compromise. So, for example, somebody's like, oh, can you help me move on Saturday? I'm like, uh, I can give you about an hour of my time. Like, mm-hmm. even if you kind of can establish like I have other things going on or, um, you know, instead of just that straightforward no, um, maybe somebody says like, hey, um, can you do a thing? Say, you know what? I can, if you get it started, I can take a look at it. Um, but I, I can only, you know, check that out for like 20, 30 minutes type thing. So maybe there's still kind of ways where you can start to at least put some boundary there, even if you're not all the way saying no. I love that. And I'm going to build on that. Pause. Before you say yes, no, maybe. Pause. Say, hey, let me check my schedule and I'll get back to you. That's real too. You Bam. You have to answer people. Baby. Pause, because then you actually get, you don't feel the pressure of like, man, I got to say yes. Ain't nobody else going to help them move. Oh, my God, fine, yes. No, you just be like, hey, let me check my schedule. I'll get back to you. And then you check your schedule, and then you can assess. Actually, I do have one hour for you on Saturday from 9 to 10. Bam. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. Um, But just, yeah, taking that pause. That's been a great thing for me. All right. So that is our discussion around people pleasing. I enjoy that. I think um, I always like when we're talking about a topic and then we break down like what does it really look like? Um, Because that helps it kind of really mean something like within my life. Like I can identify certain places and now think about what those strategies are and like actual tactics to move through. Um, So that's pretty cool for me. Hopefully did the same for you. Carly was already feeling some kind of way, which is why she came up with this episode. Um, so yeah, I hope you learned something from that. Yeah. And I love it. Like I said, cause I have such a stigma with some of these overarching phrases, but it's like, oh, when you actually sit down and look at it, like, yeah, I do identify with that. Hmm. What can I do to kind of work on that? So hit us at Carly's couch on all the social media platforms outside of Facebook and let us know, you know, are you a people pleaser? How'd you do on the quiz? Hit us with your number and then let us know what you're working on to kind of work through that. And then this week's shout out of the week. Yo, shout out to Coach Cha-Cha. She is a dancer and uh, an entrepreneur and a coach and an actor. I think she's an actress, too. She does a whole bunch of stuff. But she started this company called Catch the Frequency, which is why I've had my phone here. Um, And it's called Wear Your Feelings by Renee Cha-Cha. Pushing higher vibrations, fulfilling a purposeful life, promoting happiness, light, and love. 
um, and then we'll tag them. But she makes these wonderful, like, tie-dyed um, shirts and things. I actually have one, so I'm going to grab it to show you all real quick. <laughs> she makes, like, all these different sets. And so the one I'm showing is her intentional um, line that she just dropped at the beginning of the year. But she does these all at home. So check her out and go support a local black woman-owned business. And are you saying, like, she started making the clothing along with the brand? And, like, what's the original thing she does? Um, So she's a dancer. That's oh, her okay. first thing. And then she's okay. also a coach. So she coaches at Pevolve and also at Thrive Health Lab. So if you want to come take her classes okay. and get your ass kicked, she's great. Mm -hmm. But then she started um, making this clothing line last year, sometime during the pandemic. Okay. And she does, like, sweatsuits where she actually sells the bottoms, too, because I know sometimes people only do hoodies. <laughs> and shirts and all kinds of stuff. You can also get custom things. So if you want custom tie-dye socks or whatever you want, you can check her out on her website. All right, and this week's question of the week ties in directly to our episode. Where have you said yes where you can now say no? How long do we have? Eight seconds. <laughs> oh, man. Um, most recently, I said yes, I could hang out and spend time with someone when I knew I should have just been in time by myself, and I had a little salty attitude, so I probably should have <laughs> just said no. <laughs> um, okay, for me, I would say... Um, I would say no to kind of similar to um, going to places where I know there's a, like the potential of feeling some kind of way. And it's like, oh, you could just like chill at the crib. Like it's not that deep. Um, and I would say no to going somewhere versus my friends can come to me. So or people or whoever, like, you know, just come in my way because my breaks are not good right now. Um, outside of that, <laughs> also, it's just because I like being in my own space. All right, so where have you said yes where you can now say no? And that concludes our episode. Bye, y'all. See you guys next week. <laughs>